Hello and welcome to the Crochet Circle podcast. I'm Faye and this is my monthly crochet podcast with a little bit of knitting on the side. You can catch the audio version of the podcast on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify and lots of other podcast platforms. The video version is available on YouTube. Each podcast has full linked show notes which can be found at www.thecrochetcircle.podbean.com and you can also follow me on Instagram crochet underscore circle underscore podcast. Welcome to the Crochet Clan and our amazing community. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Crochet Circle podcast. Hello, hello, how are you all doing? This podcast is called Light because we finally have some. <laughs> um, I'm actually able to record today with no studio lights, I don't have to have the overhead lights on. Finally got to that point at the beginning of the year where the days are extending and it's it it feels physical, you can feel it. Um, it kind of just warms me up and I get so much more energy at this time of year because we're over the worst of it. Um, but there's just so much light available now which is lovely um, and it's reflected in the colours that I'm using, it's definitely reflected in my energy levels and everything just kind of moves up a notch when I get to this point of the year and I just love it. So I'm just, I'm bathed in light and, and it's not even sunbeams, I don't care about the sun in particular, I just care about the light that it, it, that it gives. Um, it's not about warmth, it's about light for sure. I hope you're all doing really well. How is it February? I know January took forever, didn't it? Wasn't that just the longest month? We do um, like dry January every year, so we don't have any alcohol from the 1st, usually through to the 31st, but um, we had a big award ceremony thing to go to on Friday night, which was the 31st, so we, we had a bit of a drink then. <gasps> Saturday morning was hard going, I can tell you. Um, so in this podcast, I've got all sorts of goodies for you. We have old dog new tricks, and we're talking about um, garments and preparing for garments in that. Um, I also have a yarn review of the new yarn, Adelic Yarn by John Auburn Textiles. <laughs> Spoiler, it's amazing. Um, uh, what else is there? I've got some finished objects. I have got an en route for you to take a look at. It's uh, mustard in colour, obviously. And um, what else is there? There's some quick news beats and a Shador, I think. So let's crack on. Let's get on with the February podcast. So in this month's um, Old Dog New Tricks, the Crochet Clan top tip actually comes from Stasia. Stasia is based in Russia and she is Stasia Crochet on Ravelry and also on Instagram. I've linked to her in the show notes if you want to take a look at her profile. Stasia is like the speed queen of garments. Last year she crocheted, so that's crochet and Tunisian crochet, 13 garments. So, you know, she's well versed when it comes to giving top tips on how to do garments. Now, there's another thing that Stasi and I share in common besides our love of crocheted garments. It's also that we we are voluptuous. We are of the big boobed variety. And one of the things that um, people like Stasi and I often 
um, struggle with is that garments can just assume or garment designs can assume that you are the same width on your back as you are on your front and that's obviously not the case. I have, sorry to profile this to you, but I have a 13 centimetre difference between my under bust and it, like the widest part of my bust measurement. That's 13 centimetres different from one to the other. So obviously that's a 13 centimetre difference from my back as well. So to assume that a garment is the same on the back as it is on the front just doesn't work for me. I mean, it does if you're doing a boxy sweater because that's the style. It's given with more fabric so that it hangs in a boxy style. So I'm not saying that this is the case for all garments, but for some garments where you might want a bit more shaping or for it to fit maybe where it's actually got decreases, pulling it in on the waist, for that kind of garment, you're really going to want to pay some attention to what's happening around your chest if you're of the voluptuous variety like Stasia and I are. So, Stasio's top trick is um, what you can do is rearrange some of the stitches from the back to your front. And so she says, for example, if you're making a top-down raglan, you're supposed to have a starting chain of 40 chains for the front and for the back. So she might put 38 on the back, so she's subtracted two and she's going to add those two onto the front. So instead of 40 and 40, she's got 38 and 42. Um, she says that sometimes she even deducts up to five. So that would give her 35 on the back and 45 on the front. Um, but there is a word of warning because if you're doing, um, if you're working on a top down in the round and then what she's saying is you need to do this before you split for the sleeves. So basically you would, be working in the round get to this point here where you're going to slip and it's at that point that you would um put fewer stitches for the back where your sleeves are and have more stitches for the front and then you're going to go into some waist shaping so after the bust you might want to then get back to even because the chances are that you're more even around your waist and if you're not then keep the extra stitches on the front because if you're, you know, if you're just wider at the front, some people are, some people just carry more on their fronts than they do on their backs. If that's the case, you might not want to decrease the stitches and even them up front to back, keep it at the front. And what it will do is keep um, like a better symmetry on your garment. Chances are you'll also feel more comfortable in it because it's not going to be stretching across your front. So for me, I quite like a garment that is like... My boobs are an asset, I'm not going to hide them. But what I don't want is a garment is that is just going to come straight off my boobs like a tent and flap around because that's not a flattering look on me. However, you know, I'm curvy, so I'm quite happy to have a garment that is slightly um, more fitted across my bust, but I want it to then decrease in... Not so that it's tight on my waist, but so that it's a more fitted garment. That's a nice look on me, um, rather than the boxy sweater. And I'll be able to show you an example of that when I come to my en routes. Because um, of the jumper that I'm doing there, I've changed up the sizing to account for the fact that I this is the style of jumper that I like. For those of you that are watching, because I know you're all going to ask me, 
the um, crochet jumper that I'm wearing today is the Sicily jumper by Marie Wallen. It's available. You can um, track it down through Ravelry, but it's also on Rowan's uh, website. It's a free pattern. And the yarn that it's done in is um, an old Shillisdare yarn that I got a couple of years back when I was actually on the Isle of Skye. And um, Shillisdare has been taken over by Kirsty and Simon, so they don't necessarily have the same yarn bases and they don't have the same colours. So take it as read that this is no longer available, but the pattern absolutely is. Um, so... That starts as top tip is rearrange your stitches. And what's the worst thing that happens? You do a few rows, it doesn't feel right, and you undo them. But you know, with a garment, keep on trying on, make sure you get into the right lengths. Don't assume that what's in the pattern is really going to fit your body and your shape. Be prepared to tailor it a little bit, um, and that's what will get you a garment that you're really happy with and ultimately that you're going to wear. So leading on from that, my um, old dog new tricks is actually about pattern sizing. What I would encourage you to do if you're look, so I had a good look on Ravelry last night. If you're in there, don't. I would encourage you to not just look at the sizes. So don't look at a medium or a four XL or a five XL and think, well, that's the size that I need, because different designers have it, you know, different sizes. So the en route that I'm doing at the moment is a 4XL, but it goes up to a 60-inch bust. Equally, I found in Ravelry last night a 5XL pattern that went up to a 60-inch bust. So you're always going to be far better off looking to see um, what the actual measurements are and how they're going to fit uh, for your body shape, basically. You need to be a bit more prescriptive if you're going to do a garment. And in particular, one of the things that you really need to understand is the difference between positive ease and negative ease. So if you're thinking it this way, positive ease is the extra say. So positive is the plus sign, so you're gaining more. So it means that your garment will have more room to breathe in it. So it's not meant to be tight, it's just a looser garment. That's what positive ease is. On the flip side, negative ease is when a garment is meant to be tight. So it will be smaller than the body frame that it has been designed for because it's meant to be figure hugging. That is negative ease. So essentially you're taking fabric away from it. If it's a really good designer, they will have told you how much positive ease there is meant to be in that garment in the front up information. That is not information that you should be getting after you've bought the pattern. Because otherwise you could be buying a pattern that has got negative ease and it doesn't actually work for your sizing in terms of centimetres or inches. And that's where information like 5XL, 4XL, 3XL, small, medium, XS doesn't work for you. You really need to go by the measurements of your body. And I really encourage you to keep a little chart of what your body sizes are. If you need help from somebody else to take the measurements for you so that they're really accurate then I would do that and just keep a little note of them. I've got them in my profile in Ravelry, so I always know to go back to them. And I might chase them down every six months and just make sure that I am the same um, the same size all over. But well worth doing. If you're going to do garments, take your measurements, be as accurate as you can, because that is ultimately what is going to lead to you getting something that fits and that you feel really, really good in. Why, you know, why put all of those hours of work into something 
that then just doesn't quite work for you. That is it. There are the tips from Stasia and I for this month. Next up is a yarn review. And it is a yarn review of Yarnadelic, which is by John Arbin Textiles. So this is their latest yarn. And the colourway that I am holding up and that I'm currently working with, pictures will be in the show notes, is called Badida. It's all based on music and album colours, covers, and the um, colours are a melange, which basically means a mixture. It's a medley of colours. So the one that I am holding up, Badida, has got a base blue as its colour. And it's quite a greyish, almost more like a tealy blue than anything, but a greyish stormy colour to it. And that has been spun up with a really nice mid-brown. And what it creates is this beautiful, it's kind of heathered, but it's not. It's almost like there's uh, like 35% of the brown, 65% of the blue. So the blue is dominant, but the brown just pokes out and it is absolutely beautiful. Um, I really love it. So I first came across this yarn back in June last year. Um, they'd had some tops as they were starting to work through the range when I was down at the open weekend. And one of the things they always do is have the guild there and they'd given them some of their tops to spin with. And then um, I think it was Sonia was kind of idly walking around the mill swinging this um this example of the spun yarn up that one of the guild members had just done and I was just I fell in love immediately I was it was like a what is that <laughs> I have to know what that is I really love it and I want to know what it is now please um and Sonia showed me it was yarnadelic but it was in a different colorway from the one that I've just shown and it's a colorway called black gold of the sun and it is so different from the other things that are in their range and again it's a it's a melange colour so in the skein it looks more black than it is and it has hints of like a yellow and a purple and a little bit of a green so what's interesting about it is that when I crocheted up the sample for the yarn review I actually mixed in with a rusty orange colour of their Harvest Huge yarn to see how the two would play together. And I only had a 25 gram mini skein to um, do the, the review with, so I wanted to make it go as far as I could. And as soon as I mixed it with the orange, what it did was made black gold of the sun come out as a more green coloured um, yarn. Again, photos are in the show notes so you can have a look and see and I've done like a collage photo so you can see the the skein and the project as it's been worked up. So you can see it before, kind of before and after. Um, but the, the colours are so interesting in this yarn because it's not one one colour. It's almost like, um, you know, when you see a magpie and there's that iridescence. That's the way some of these yarns come across. They're just beautiful. So in the show notes, I'll add um, a link and that takes you to the full yarn review that I've done. And within that, you can see all of the colours and the shade cards. I've added links into um, their page on the website. I've shown you the knitted um, hat that I did for part of the yarn review. So I did the hat and I made the mittens. 
um, and I go through it in a load of detail. But a quick bit of info on the um, on the yarn is that it's a sport weight, which is about three hundred and thirty three meters per hundred grams, and it is a crossbreed which is called Corridale. Corridale is a mix of merino and Lincoln Longwell. Merino, you you will have all heard of. It's always taken as one of the most super soft sheep breeds that you get, which it is. It's got a kind of medium stable length. On the flip side, the Lincoln Longwool has got a much longer stable length. It's a hardier breed. It's it's um, it's more durable in terms of its fibre. So when you cross those two over to get a Corridale um, as a crossbreed, what you're getting is lovely soft yarn that has got a decent amount of grip to it so I think really good for colour work um, soft enough but just enough bite to it that, that you get some kind of um, toothiness for the fibres to bind together um, and also durability so where uh, you know I would question making something like a jumper out of a standard non-superwash merino because it's going to pill where you've got heavy usage areas like the underarms and down the side where you've got friction coming from movement a non-superwash merino jumper is always going to pill I suspect and I'm yet to test it out but I am currently knitting a jumper in this I suspect that it's going to be a lot more durable in the Corridale because of that crossbreeding, because of what the Lincoln Longwool can actually bring to the party. So it's beautifully soft, the colours are magical and it's just a really lovely um, wool to work with. One of the benefits and one of the reasons I always go back to the Air Yarn Ranges is because it's a worsted mill. What that means is when the fibres are carded, they're all carded in the same direction. So imagine that they're being combed, they're all combed in the same direction. So when you then get um, their actual yarn, you don't have as many flyaway fibres. It isn't plump like other yarns can be. It's a, f it's a flatter yarn. However, what that means is from a crochet's point of view, it's perfect because you don't have those flyaway fibres that are um, catching your hook, that are knotting up on your hook. Worsted yarn is actually, I think, much nicer to crochet with than woolen spun yarn because it just suits the process of working with the hook much better. And this is a delight to crochet with. It was really nice. I did it on two different hook sizes. So the um, the rib that I did, I did on a 3mm hook. Um, slightly more difficult on the smaller hook. And then the colour work that I was doing was on a 3.5mm hook. And that was actually much easier. And it's quite um, it's got quite a high test twist on this Yarnadelic yarn. which And I think a slightly higher twist than most of their other yarns. And again, that works in crochet's favour because it isn't splitty. It just works really nicely on your hook. Um, so the mitten that I am showing off, I just, like I designed it, but it was just a very quick design. It's not something that I'm going to publish, but I was doing it also as a test piece to work out some finger shaping because I do have a mitten design that I need to work on next. 
Um, but it worked really well for the shawn. You can probably hear me rubbing it because it's oh so soft. Really beautiful. So it comes in 18 different shades and quite a wide colour palette. Um, some quite bright yarns for John Auburn Textiles. Like a proper springy green, which is... Uh, it's not their usual, so if previously you've always been a little put off by their very earthy palette, actually there are some proper brights in there. Um, but yeah, it's really beautiful to work with. It's available now on their website, and um, go and have a read of the full yarn review because it's all in there and you can see all of the samples that I've worked on. I did mention that I'm currently knitting a jumper up in that and um, I will probably have that finished and I'll show it to you in the next podcast. Um, what I'm trying to do is only show... Because this is predominantly a crochet podcast, I'm trying to only show you knitted items when I've got them to the FO stage. And even then, I probably don't show you half of the stuff that I make. You get to see all of my crochet stuff, but you don't, you don't get to see all of my knitted stuff because, you know, I get through quite a lot. Um, so yeah, that is, that is yarn review. If the information that I've been passing on about the breeds is interesting to you and you would like to learn a little bit more about breeds, then a good starting point is there's a little book which is called The Field Guide to Fleece and it's by Deborah um, Robson and Carol, I think it's Icarius. And they go through 100 sheep breeds and how to use their fibres. This is a really good little starting point. Um, it's literally a couple of pages on each breed. All of our British breeds are in there and some other. So Merino is in here, Corydale's in here, oh, even though that's not a British breed. There's all sorts of information. And then if that gets your juices flowing on breeds, and I sincerely hope it does, then... Your next step is actually the Fleece and Fibre Source book. This is an incredible resource. It's a bit of a, like, it's 25 quid basically, but it's worth having. If you're really into your breeds and you want to learn more, it goes into a huge amount of detail in terms of spinning, carding, crocheting, um, the plies that they've used, knitting with it. All sorts of information and lots of historical information as well. And the photography is good so you get to know what the breeds look like. It's just an amazing resource. Um, and that goes, you know, that uh, it covers sheep, goats, alpacas, llamas, um, camels, bison, musk, oxen, yaks and more. So it really is like this, I think, is the ultimate book if you're into... Um, your your fleeces and your fibres and you want to learn more so if you're if that world is opening up for you then this might be one to add to your birthday list or your Christmas list I have one I sell this one but I have one and it just sits in my um in my stash palace and when I come across a new breed that I'm working with this is the first place that I go to as a resource and reference guide yeah, I think that's it on the um on the R review. Like I say, there's a link in the show notes that will take you through to um the bigger yarn review written down. So you can go and grab a cuppa 
and um, go through that. I've added lots of photos into it so you can get a bit more up close and personal with the actual yarn. Well worth having a look at um, and if you go to a show go and have a look at it because because of the mixture and the blends of colours within there it's quite difficult to get across on camera. So if you're heading to a yarn show and you're UK based um, this year go and have a squidge of this yarn because there's a depth of colour that is just really difficult to get across on camera and you'll you'll want to have a squidge in it. It's just it's just beautiful. If you've only ever had merino before because what you want is soft is soft or maybe you've dabbled with blue face Leicester because again you want soft is soft and um, then I think this is a, a really good option for you to go and squidge, particularly because the durability aspect. I think this will do for garments what merino really can't unless you're going to keep on um, gleaning your garment and depilling it. Right, I should leave that one there. So, final destination. <laughs> um, I've already kind of shown you the mittens. I promise I have made two of them. There's uh, one and there's two. And these are just little fingerless mittens. And what I was trying to work out with them at the same time as I'm um, doing the yarn review is this thumb shaping part so that when you put it on it fits really neatly. Quite a few mitten patterns are just um, straight up and don't really allow for this part of the thumb and so what I'm trying to do is um, work out how I can get that shaping in and where it should be and how I add that into a pattern so that it's a really comfortable fit for people. Um, that and I have got so many mitten pattern ideas that I really need to get on with them and one of the things that's been holding them up is getting to grips with the anatomy of the hand and how I can work that into a crochet pattern. So I made these ever so slightly tight but they are actually um, kind of blocking out on my hands as I wear them. They're lovely and warm, it's just a, a double crochet. As I said I'm not going to write the pattern up for this, it was just a bit of a tester but um, it's informing future patterns that are coming, um, one of which I can show the yarn for in um, Feeding the Habit. So, finished object number one, yay! Finished object number two is my dad's jumper. My dad's John jumper. Um, now, what I've done is, behind me on Claude, I have added my riverette top which I did maybe three years ago now it's quite a while ago and I'm showing that off purely because that is a crochet top that I've done in let lope which is the exact same wool Icelandic wool it's um the iron weight wool that I made my dad's jumper from so it's um 100 meters per 50 grams and he chose four different shades of grey for it now what I'm hoping, because I had to pester him about it last night, is that he's going to send me a photo of him actually wearing it. If he has, it will appear now. If he hasn't, I have a very bad father. 
Um, I sent it to him last week. I think I sent it on the Wednesday and I got a call from him on Thursday night. Very excited. I had a very giddy father who was over the moon with his jumper. Like really, really happy with it. Um, he loved the colours. Apparently he was parading around the house showing it off, doing like a catwalk model type thing with it. Um, yeah, he's just really loving it. I said, oh, does it, does it fit okay? And he was like... It's a little, it's a little tight across the, across the yoke, across the colour work. I was like, don't you worry. It will ease off the more you wear it, the looser it will get. Honestly, it will, it will fit you. It will be fine. And I'd even, um, unbeknownst to him, when we were in Iceland, into, in the yarn shop that I spoke about during um, the podcast when I got back, I'd managed to find a tiny little ribbon tag of the Icelandic flag and so I've sewn that onto the front forum very discreetly, not you know, not like Iceland, but enough that he knows it's there and that um he can feel a little more Icelandic. My dad basically wants to move to Iceland, that's what he wants to do. He can't, but if he could, he one hundred percent would. He's actually learning Icelandic now. He's just really um trying to make sure that when he goes over there on his holidays that he can be part of the culture. He goes um, to a music festival that's up at Akureyri every every couple of years. He goes up there, and he just he really enjoys it, enjoys the culture. And I know that he's going to be like super proud to be walking around with an Icelandic um, wool jumper on from an Icelandic designer. I can I can see him now. <laughs> he doesn't want to wear a jacket. He just wants to wear his Icelandic jumper. So. I have a very happy papa bear and that makes me happy. Also that I managed to deliver his uh, Christmas present to him before the end of January, which is quite good going. So what do I need to tell you about that jumper? It's called um, John, which is J-O-N. And the designer is Hulda Hakonardottir. Um, Hulda is actually the same designer that um, my Strandier jumper was the one that I did in the Plotilupi. Um, and I think I've already said I used uh, Letlope for that. I will add, I took some photos of the jumper before I sent it to my dad. So if he's been really rotten and hasn't actually sent me a photo of him in it, I will add some in so you can have a look at it and see. Um, <laughs> one of the things I really love is that when I'd just finished off, I'd cast off the um, collar and uh, I said to Matthew, oh, can you please just quickly try on for me um, so that I can see how it looks, what the sizing is like. And he literally, Matthew put his fingers about three centimetres into the main body of the jumper and I just got, no, 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 can't do it, no, 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 no. I was like, what is your problem? He was like, I can't, I just, I just can't do it, I can't touch that wool, no thank you, I'm not putting on. I was like, please just get on with it and try it on. He was like, no, no, I'm not doing it. Usually Matthew and I would do anything for each other, but he won't do that. He will not try on an Icelandic jumper. <sighs> he's a definite Merino guy. Like, he's this softy soft. I like Merino, I like Willam's wool. And I am like, give me the crunchiest wool going because that's what I want to be wearing. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to go soft as well, but 
Icelandic on my skin is not an issue, but for Matthew, he's like, no, don't make me do it. I'm not having it. <laughs> my dad, not fussed at all. He's happy with it, very happy. He's like, the prickle only lasts so long and then you just get used to it. Yes, this is clearly where I get it from. My mum, can't touch wool, doesn't like it. My dad and I were made of hardier stuff. As I said before, I'm really trying to work on garments. I would love to have a handmade wardrobe and I'm just trying to work through some of my bought jumpers wear them out, repair them, wear them out some more and I would really love to be able to open up my uh, jumper drawer and only have jumpers that I've made, whether it's crochet, Tunisian crochet, knitted, whatever it is, that's what I'm aiming for and I really, I've said this I think for the last three years now, I really want to sew some of my own garments but it all slips to the bottom of the list. Um, But I really like the idea of sewing clothes that suit my body shape and having the control over how they look, where I've bought the materials from and what patterns I'm using. I used to shop for Britain, let me tell you. I just could go into a shop. This is when I was working and earning quite a lot of money. And I could just go on a spree and that was that. And it's interesting because... Whilst I've always been an environmentalist, from working from home and doing what I do now, shopping holds no interest for me. In terms of clothes shopping or going to like the big retail spaces, I'm just not interested in it at all. But give me a yarn shop and a fabric shop and a yarn show and that's where my interest is. And so I, I need to be led by that and start making more of my own clothes. I'd really love to make my own jeans. I think that's quite difficult. (laughs) It's not a beginner project. But at some point you might see that I am sporting a pair of my own jeans again so I can get the fit that I like. En route. I have one thing that I'm working on because I'm monogamous and it is... I had to go into my bee bag. I have a a grey cotton bag that I got from Madder Root in the US. It was a bit of a purchase actually. Um I was I was giving myself a treat because I'd managed to get through a load of work a few months back. But it has honeycomb on it and bees that have been printed on um just in white in white print. I love it. And the reason it had to go into this bag is because the jumper that I'm working on is in all the mustard, like proper mustard yellow. Muted, not bright, not acidic, just proper mustard. So, the pattern that I'm working on is Adelon by Diane Ramsey. And this is the one that I was referencing. It goes up to a 4XL, but actually it's a 60-inch finish bust hence look at measurements because that's um that's information that you really need so adlong is quite an interesting construction i'll talk about the yarn in a minute but you essentially start with a starting chain which is your um your neck collar and it's using half double crochet us 
half treble UK terminology and it's in the back loop only so what it does is creates this kind of ribbed effect which is at the front so I'm going to pop that over my head and then you'll be able to see how it's starting to come together so I'll add some photos and show notes and hopefully it'll make a bit more sense but I am currently working on the front panel which is coming off the collar and then when I finish that I have to do the same onto the back panel and work it from the seam which is going to run over the top of my shoulder and down my arm so as I'm working the front panel I'm also working the front section of both of the arms at the same time so it's an interesting construction and what it means is that it's very easy for you to fiddle at the beginning and add more stitches so if you want a longer arm I'm going for a three-quarter inch uh, three-quarter length arm which is what the pattern is but if you wanted to make it uh, longer and have um, full length arms you just do it in sections of 10 stitches and there's information given for that in the pattern likewise if you wanted to make it longer and not have it tight um, under your oxters your underarms then you can just extend the amount that you have coming um, down the front so you just extend the number of rows that you're working with so it's quite an adaptable pattern and I really like it for that and um, oh, I just love the colour it's just sunshine I got to the point where it was still just a bit gloomy and I was like what am I going to start on next and I just I needed some yellow sunshine in my life. The yarn I got from Matthew's a Christmas present. It is Erica Knight's British Blue 100, which is um, heavier end of the DK weight, so it's 220 meters per 100 grams, and the colourway is called Mrs. Dalloway, and the wool is 100% um, grown, spun, dyed in the UK and I don't know if you remember me telling you but this was what I rushed out Matthew bought as an extra Christmas present because it was half price in my local garden centre it was only £6.50 uh, per 100 grams which for British you know 100 grams of British wool is a real bargain so I'm going to keep on cracking on with this it's a very quick crochet and quite quite adaptable so Whilst size-wise I'm probably more like a large, there's an amount of um, positive ease that is given within the pattern. I think it's up to about 8 centimetres, I think it's 5 to 8 centimetres. And I didn't want that for all the reasons that I discussed during Old Dog New Tricks. And this is a jumper that is meant to be a boxy jumper. So if I hadn't gone down a size, it just would be very loose and just hang straight off my boobs and... I just I don't like that so what I've done is actually gone for a medium so it is going to be slightly tighter but it's going to be tighter in all the areas I want it to be tighter and it's going to hopefully be a bit clingier across my bust and therefore hang really nicely down through my waist without being tight but without being loose in you know hopefully much the same way that the jumper that I'm wearing today is doing it's got a nice fitted um, kind of way of wearing around my actual torso and that's what I'm looking for and that's what I'm trying to replicate in my Adelong sweater 
So it is Adelon by Diane, who is Adidas Designs. I've provided links into all of the show notes. I'm sure most of you know Diane and her work. I think she's just amazing at doing crochet um, jumpers. She also did the Blurred Lines jumper that I did for the Perth Yarn Festival, which I wear a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and I always get compliments on it, which is really nice. So, um, whereas I'd previously not wanted to make this one, and it was only because I thought it was in a heavier weight yarn, I thought it was in an add-in going up to a chunky and... I didn't want that much bulk on me. Um, actually, when I discovered that it was DK and I'd seen Claudia Dingle make so many of them, she's done two, they look amazing on her. Um, I thought, oh, well, maybe I should. And then Claudia bought it for me and that, that sealed the deal. That was it. I was like, right, you've just bumped right up my pattern queue. And of course, I had six skeins, which is what I need for it, of this glorious wool. So... Deal sealed. Deal sealed? Yeah, deal sealed. And I'm already, this is my second um, ball of yarn that I'm onto. So I would like to think, not that I'm going to sign myself up to a deadline that I may, might not be able to promise. I would like to think that I will have this finished by next podcast and I will be wearing it. So I will be a little beam of yellow sunshine in my March podcast. Um, Yeah. Have a go. Somebody emailed me, um, well, somebody sent me a message saying, do you think I would be able to do this pattern? Um, I'm kind of new to jumpers. And I said, yes. <laughs> Basically, Diane puts charts in there. She talks you through it. But with anything that might seem really confusing with a crochet pattern, if you're new to working from patterns or you don't use charts and you just use the text, just break it up into bite-sized chunks. Literally, cover up the rest of the pattern if you need to. Just do that first chunk. Put it down and show yourself the next chunk. So rather than getting overwhelmed by an entire paragraph of actions that you need to do, just break it into bite-sized pieces and make it easier for yourself. Because more often than not, with something like a garment you end up repeating the same actions. So for the first couple of times, just break it right down, make it easier for yourself. Don't let the overwhelm come in. And then what you'll find is you'll start just picking up the pattern. It will become a lot easier for you. But, you know, we've all been there. You know, even even with this one, when I first saw um, a whole paragraph of instructions, I was like, okay, <laughs> that's a lot to take in. Um, it's really well written. It was just a lot and it was late at night and I was a bit tired and I was like, right, read it through once and then just break it down and just do one set of actions at a time rather than allowing it all to kind of seep in. And if you do that, you'll be amazed what you can tackle. Just, you know, you're capable. Push yourselves on, folks. Um, don't hold yourselves back. Just try new things. And what's the worst thing that happens? You pull it out and you reclaim your wool and you use it on a different project. And all you've really lost is a couple of hours of your time maximum. But give it a try. You're you know, you're going to be a better crafter than you think you are, and you're probably ready to move on to that next project that you think is also daunting. Give it a whirl. Right. That is it for on roots because as I mentioned, I am also working on a knitted jumper, but I will show you that when I've got that finished, possibly next month as well. 
I'm signing myself up to quite a lot, aren't I? <laughs> so the next thing I would like to share is feeding the habit. Um, so many of you will know I was not buying yarn for six months and I went from the 21st of June right the way through to the 21st of December. So I did solstice to solstice. And then I thought, well, I'll just give myself um, a little bit of leeway throughout January to see what there is that I, you know, that might take my fancy. And I bought a few little bits and pieces, um, but not much. So first up, one of them, I'm going to have to go and get because I've just remembered that I bought it. Slightly naughty. But um, first is the Arnadelic. So when I got the the mini skein through to test man I was just waiting on tender hooks until that became available I am a mill member at the um, John Arbin mill which I signed up for years ago and it gives me 10% off and mill members get uh, early <laughs> we get early bird access to different yarns that are becoming unavailable and some special yarns that will never be available to the wider public but are made available to mill members and you sign up for it once and that's it it is mill membership for life it also gives you money off its shows so if you are a fan of their wool and yarn that's actually quite a good thing to have because you'll be amazed how quickly you can save when you're spending when you're saving 10% with them and I think it also works if they ever have a sale on something I think you get your 10% off that as well um, so I knew, I signed up to this last podcast, I knew I was going to get six skeins of Yarnadelic. Now what I thought I was going to do was get six skeins of Black Gold of the Sun. And then the shade card came through and I came across Baddy Dar and I was like, no, 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 this is my new favourite. No, you're my favourite. And it... I mean, it's all my colours. How could I not? It's just glorious. That blue and brown. It's basically it's it's sludge. It's it's me in a in a skein of yarn. So I have six of these, and the jumper that I'm working on is called the Hay Jumper. I'm hoping I'm going to have some left, because I would like to crochet myself a shawl with it as well, uh, or a cowl, but something really nice and squidgy that I'll wear all the time um, so that came in and then I was thinking well that's it then I won't buy any more but I have to go and get the things that I did buy it's, it's some mini skeins I'll pop and get them in a minute but the other thing that I that I did get <laughs> um, I've had in my stash for a little bit but I'm showing you it because it's my new design yarn Unsurprisingly, it's from Rivernet. <laughs> I am, you know, you can pretty much tell who I'm going to be showing off. So the first one is um, British Blueface Leicester four ply. It's grown in Britain and spun in Peru, and it's super wash. And the colourway is called. Let me butcher this. T F C, T I E F S E E. I know it's a German word, I just don't know what it's a German word for. I might look that up when I go and get the other yarn. So this, which I'm going to pair with their new Chimera yarn, which is 100% um, 
British Blueface Lester, and it spun and died in the UK. So this is a new range that Becky and Marcus have come up with. Uh, it's called Chimera, and the one that I am going to be using for the design is the water colourway. And that colourway is a turquoise blue, lighter blue, mustard, a purpley blue, a greenier blue. It is just incredible, and the way that they have had this spun means that you get differences in every single length of the skein. So you never know which colours are going to be paired together. And they've just had a load of other colourways delivered in this Chimera yarn as well. And I had the privilege of playing around with some of the very first Chimera that they had been working up. So I know how well this already crochets up and it's beautiful. So I thought if I mix the two together, so this very dark, um, almost navy blue, with all of those colours of the Chimera yarn, then if I get the stitch definition right for this bit of, it's essentially like a bit of colour work, but a bit different, then I think it will look amazing. You may remember two and a half years ago, I started on a design called Barley and it was a cowl. That's what I'm redoing in this. Um, so instead of making it multicoloured with lots of different mini skeins, what I'm actually doing is making it multicoloured using Chimera. So I'm very keen this year to rejuvenate some of the patterns I've never actually got to the point of publishing. Um, one of the ways I can do that is look to where people have developed new yarns and just remake stuff in new yarns. I don't want to keep on, you know, saying, oh, this design is coming and then it doesn't come. So this is going to be barley and it's going to be mittens, a cowl and possibly a hat. So that was why I was working on the, the anatomy of a hand for that mitten design, because this is the wool I'm going to be using for that mitten design quite excited about it but um this is my I've just I just finished a design off last night and this is the next one this is the next crochet design in the list so hopefully I'll be able to show you more of this um next month and um hopefully I'll also be sharing some of my design process over on my Fady H Designs Instagram account um so you can see what I'm up to over there but I'll share it on the podcast too um, Chimera, by the way, comes in 50 gram hanks, so that means that it's perfect for colour work. You might be working on a crochet coloured work sweater. Imagine some of Chimera in a Taroko sweater. <gasps> that might have to happen, but then I'd have to buy yarn. If I've got some of this left over, that might come into a Taroko sweater, because I just, I think it would be beautiful. Um, and it's on my list. I also have this hankering to design my own collar work yoke sweater, but that might have to be a 2021 thing. There's a lot going on this year. So they're coming. I'm just going to quickly go and grab the other yarn. So I'm back. I've been and I have picked up the mini skeins I got. And my friend Beck and I went on a jolly and we went over to Oswestry to see um, Beck and Terry over at You and Ply. 
They have a shop in the indoor market in Shrewsbury and towards the back end of last summer they opened up a second shop in Oswestry. So I wanted to go along and have a look. Um, I added it to my Instagram story so some of you would have seen it over there. I think I've tagged it into the... Um, the out and about part so if you want to take a look at the shop I'm fairly sure I've added it as a highlight in that um, part of my story profile. One of the things that I really love about um, what Beck and Teddy do is they're very into British wool, British yarns and they also do their own dyeing so when I saw these snuggled up on a shelf I thought well I just might have to have them as a little treat because I've been so good for six months. Um, and so what it is, they called it their Leggings or Legends um, mini skeins and it is 100% British Blueface Leicester and it's spun by Laxton's in Yorkshire. I really like the way that Laxton's Lixt, uh, <laughs> spins yarn. I'll do a close-up for the show notes but there is a very definite twist. I call it the Laxton's twist for the way that they spin and ply and it's really nice to work with and it crochets beautifully. The um, the Erica Knight yarn that I'm using, and in fact, uh, I think all of Erica's yarns were uh, Laxton spun as well. So it's a yarn that I'm very familiar with. On that note, actually, Erica is no longer doing the yarn. So if you see her yarn out in a shop, it is now still under the umbrella of Thomas B. Ramsden. So it's still very much available, but Erica has stepped away from that. She's um, working on a new project, which I won't share with you when I've got the information, but she's stepped away from that part of the yarn industry and... Um, not quite sure what she's going to do next, but I know it will be exciting. So, uh, yeah, I wish her all the luck. I hope it, it goes well, whatever she does next. Um, but the mini skeins that I got from You Imply are dyed by them, and they just reminded me of Sugar Almond. So it's a little bundle of five. There's a soft silvery grey, uh, um, a light and delicate um, peachy pink, a uh, light terracotta colour, um, I like a Parma Violets sort of a light purpley colour and uh, like a subdued minty green colour and they work beautifully together and I will come up with something nice to make with them. I just have a bit of a soft spot for mini skeins. Um, I've got quite a lot of my stash but I really love them and it's not very often that I am pulled towards pastel colours but these really had me and um, when I'm pulled towards different colours I like to be able to react to it because otherwise my colour palette can just be very earthy all of the time so if a little bundle of pastel joy says buy me buy me then who am I to say no. On that front though I am going now we're at the end of um, like end of January has been and gone I'm going into another load of um, new yarn purchases unless it's for design yarn. Again, I've, I've had some really nice um, times up in my stash palace being reacquainted with some of my yarns and I've got lots of really special yarns and wools up there. I have carefully curated what it is that I've got 
and it's time to use what it is that I've got. So the chances are you're not going to see much from me in terms of feeding the habit for yarns throughout 2020 because I just want to have fun with what's already in there and get through some of the jumper quantities. I think I've got about 10 jumper quantities of yarn and wool in my stash palace and I've got loads of projects lined up for them and it's time to just crack on and use what I've got. So one of the things I am acutely aware of though is that that doesn't then actually help the people who do sell yarn as a living and I still want to be able to support them so um, what I might try and do is um, a bit more on Instagram when I come across a yarn dye that I like try and add it into stories and highlight them in different ways or when I'm working with something from stash highlight the yarn dye that I bought it from in stash so I'm still doing as much as I can to promote within the industry and I'm doing what I can but I'm not spending my money on yarn but I'm still you know doing my bit to promote the people and I would encourage you to do the same it's tough times at the moment for folk in the crafting industry and um you know some of the free stuff that we can do is to promote and raise each other up so I'm going to try and do a bit more of that frankly but that was it that's all the stuff in for um for January this is so soft. These little minis are really, really lovely and soft. And if you're ever in and around that um, kind of Oswald Street area, in and around Shropshire, North Wales, go and have a look at uh, at their new shop. At you implies new shop. There's a little cafe at the back, and they do vegetarian soup. And we had a bit of cake that was lush, and also a cheese scone. And well, it's a plain scone, and they do it with like big chunks of cheese and homemade chutney really lovely and you can just sit there and drink your tea or your coffee and it's where their bookshelves are with all the books that they've got for sale so you can sit there and leaf through their books as you're um, kind of refueling and there was it was a really busy little shop when we were there I think it was in between Christmas and New Year and it was just really nice to see the development of a yarn shop because um, I've heard about another couple that are closing down, so it's really nice to see yarn shops that are actually working and expanding. And uh, yeah, go and support your local yarn shop if you can. Right, done with feeding the habit. So next up, we have quick news beats. The February global hookup. My word, I said February without February. February is a bit like Ravelry for me. It, it just kind of, it glues up in my mouth and comes out weirdly almost every time. So February hookups are going to be on, I think, the 22nd at 8 o'clock GMT. That's the Saturday and on Sunday the 23rd at 9am GMT. All the details are in Ravelry and they will be up in a stories highlight before the podcast goes live. One of the things I'm trying to do this year is get it up there at around the same time as a podcast and then it's out there and it gets saved to highlights. So hopefully if you do need to know what's going on with the hookups and you need the code and you need to know how to access it, it's up there on highlights. Just go forth and find it there. But it's also in the Ravelry groups and it's also in the show notes. So it's in quite a few places. 
Um, the other thing that I wanted to um, bring up in quick news beats is I started mentioning last year that I really wanted to push crochet forward. And if you've seen me on Instagram, you'll you'll have seen that one of my latest things to do is whenever I'm in a shop that sells magazines, I am putting the crochet magazines front and centre. So if they're hidden at the back of all the crafting titles, I'm pulling them to the front. I am going to subliminally message all of my local people that buy magazines that crochet is there as a presence. And I'm just going to keep on doing it. And every time I do it, I'm going to put up a story on Instagram and I'm using the hashtag nobody puts crochet in the corner. I am just going to keep on pushing crochet. And one of the ways I'm doing that is I've started to do more work with crochet magazines, one in particular, um, as a way of highlighting my designs and the crochet that I do. And so I'm on quite a few deadlines for that at the moment, which I'm managing to do. But I really like the idea of doing more work with um, journals and with magazines, because what it means is that I am designing to a deadline, which is what I love, particularly when it's an external deadline. And um, that means I will hit that deadline and that um, I'm more likely to have more designs coming out. And then when the rights come back, I will be doing them as patterns in their own right. And then they will be available outside of the magazines and journals that I'm submitting to. So there will be more from me on that front, but there is a whole host of other work that I'm doing at the moment which is leading to hopefully more crochet samples being seen at events, more yarn shows talking about crochet and having crochet at events and more yarn shops hopefully having crochets out and having a greater awareness of crochet as the craft and it getting some of the spotlight that it truly, truly deserves. So I can't tell you all of the things I'm working on but one of the things I can mention that I would love you to get in touch with me about if you are interested. I kind of need a global pool of people, and I do mean global, that I can call upon if, let's say a yarn shop comes to me and says, Faye, I don't know anybody that crochets. Um, I would love a sample made up. I would love something made up in this yarn. And let's say that yarn shop is in Australia. I would love to have a pool of test crocheters and sample crocheters that are based in Australia where I can say, okay, you're in Australia. This makes sense in terms of posting stuff back and forward. Here is a group of people that have told me they're happy for me to pass on their email contacts. Go forth. There are your crochet samplers. Talk to them directly about it. Now, what this does mean is it would be up to you to decide what your payment system is with them, whether you're happy to be paid in yarn, as some people are, or whether you want to be paid by the meter, or whether you're just happy to be crocheting for them. It's up to you to set those parameters. But if, however, you are interested in being a sample crocheter for, it might be an indie dyer, it might be a commercial um, yarn company, it might be a local yarn shop, if you are interested in being a crochet, a sample crocheter, then can you please email me? I will 
add my email address into the show notes and I will pop it up onto the screen here as well. And what I will do is make sure that I know which country it is that the um, person asking the questions is coming from. So I will try and map resources together so we're not sending things halfway around the world. So wherever you are, and honestly don't feel like you're not going to be a competent enough crochet you know, it's time to shine. It's time to be aware of how good your talents are, people. It really is. Stop hiding your lights. Um, get in touch. And then in the coming months, and it is, this is a long, long process. This has been brewing for me for well over 12 months now. And it's all the pieces are starting to come together. And this is the next piece that I need is to be able to match crochet resource with the people that need it. So, If you think you are part of that and you can be part of that system, please drop me an email. I will then be responsible for holding your information and then when these other people globally from within the industry need support on crochet, I will show them who's in their area and who can actually help them with it. I'm really, truly serious about making sure that crochet is given the spotlight that it deserves and this is one of the ways that I can make that happen. There's so much more to come, one of which involves me having the commercial grade printer and being able to do small print runs for some of my lovely design buddies that can't afford to have hundreds of copies of a design made and I can do much smaller runoffs and make it much more affordable for designers to get their designs out there in paper copy and to house them on a on in a shop space everything you know i have got so many ideas to make this happen there's also a little thing that i'm working on called wool apprentice but i'll tell you more about that later i'm on it this year um and i make no apologies for it i am going to be militant about crochet getting space you know if it's not coming naturally if parity in the crafting scene is not coming naturally my word, you can guarantee I'm going to start carving it out because I have had enough. I might be slightly riled because I have just got an email into my inbox when I went to uh, get the squish of the mini schemes. And it's a company that I really like. It's a very ethical company. They do fashion design out of London. They do one-off pieces and they use end-of-line material for it. They have um, teamed up with a crochet designer and they have talked about all the stuff that they're offering with this crochet designer and then at the bottom it says and this knitwear is available <laughs> I'm just like it's not it's not knitwear it's crochet <laughs> you've talked crochet 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 and then at the end you've called it knitwear and I was just like unsubscribe that is enough to miff me off at the moment because crochet needs its space and I am I'm on it <laughs> Right, I'll stop ranting there. Calm. Let the calm descend. Serenity. Final global. Not global. That's what it's called. Quick news beats. Final quick news beats. Um, I'm going to be vending at the River Knits Open Day. It's on the 7th of March this year, which is a Saturday. It's a ticketed event. It's just a couple of quid for a ticket, which is allowing them to... um, Last year was their first one. 
the door for you is allowing them to move up a level for this year. There are loads more of us spending as well. Um, some of the ones I can give away are that Katie Greenbean is going to be there. My friend Katie. And um, also Ishrap from Fruit- Fruitful Fusion is going to be there. Now, if you follow um, Ishrat or, and or uh, Rivenets, you'll see that they had a little dye day together yesterday. That might be interesting um, to see what actually comes out of that and what their colours are. They left a little uh, monochrome photo, so nobody knows what colours it is that they've dyed. But um, I guess that will be unveiled soon. So it's going to be a really lovely event. Um, I know quite a few of you came last year and it was lovely to see so many of you. So if you fancy it again, 7th of March, it's over at Weedenbeck, which is in Northamptonshire. It's really close, just off the M1. So if you think it's on the other side of Northamptonshire, it's not. It's on the M1 side and it's just a really nice day. Some folk were there all day long last year. It was lovely. So, yeah, come along if you fancy it. That is it for quick news beats. And so, my final segment is on J'adore. And this month I have a book for you. Now, I'd like to tell you I read it, but I am the slowest reader. And I love books, I love information, I love knowledge, but I also love multitasking. So... Reading a book is the only thing I can do if that's what I'm doing and that's not good enough. I like to have two or three things on the go at the same time. So I actually listened to this book um, instead. And it was, uh, it's a book called Vanishing Fleece by Clara Parks. She's well known within the wool and yarn industry. She's a yarn reviewer. She has been about for many, many years. And it's actually narrated by Clara as well, which is lovely because... It means it's her words and you're getting them with her sense of humour um, and that's how it comes across. It's really lovely and what you get from that are the bits that she's annoyed by because she knows that she was really annoyed by them and the bits that she found to be really funny and the bits that were harder and more stressful and you just get more of the emotion behind the process that she had for writing this book. And the whole point of it is that she was offered um, fleeces and she then took those fleeces on a journey, a processing journey throughout the US. And this really highlights the difficulties of getting small batch fleece processed. And they're the exact same difficulties that we are facing in the UK. So it was a really interesting parallel that was being drawn between the two. And it's a fantastic book for learning what the different processes for wool are from you know rearing right the way through to a finished product and um, product that is in your hand that you can crochet and knit and spin with so if that is something that interests you i would say go and have a look for this book you might be able to request it through your um, library it's available to buy online i'll be listing copies shortly um, because this is one of my for sale ones and you can also get it as an audiobook. Um, really interesting. It's quite a quick read and uh, yeah, I was just, I, I boshed it in a couple of days. That was it. It was done because 
it's clearly something I'm interested in, you know, proper woolly wool and the processing and the breeds is something really I'm very passionate about. Um, so, yeah, if you are too, then I recommend taking a look at this book. I really loved it. It makes me want to go and have coffee with Clara Parks as well. So if she ever comes to the UK, I might, I might be suggesting we meet for coffee. She'll probably tell me to bog off, but I would love it. I'd really love it. Yeah, great book. Right. I think that's everything. I think I have done the lot. And to be honest, it's a little bit nippy noodles out here, so I might just have to go and hide myself out in Matthew's office, which gets a lot toastier, and go and do some editing for the rest of the day. Um, I'm going to be back on Friday the 6th of March. So I shall see you all then and um, you can hear me on the next podcast then. So yeah, I think that's it. May the light continue to flow. May we get longer and longer nights. Who knows what state of positivity I'll be in for next month. Might just be over the edge with it all. Um, Have a lovely February. Enjoy and I will see you in March. Bye bye. Did you see that? I just winked at you. Bye-bye. It's just weird. As ever, thank you for being part of this podcast. Your involvement and being part of the Crochet Clan means an awful lot. If you've enjoyed what you've seen and you want to support the podcast, I have a Kofi account and you can find that simply by searching for the Crochet Circle podcast or you can find links in the show notes. Thank you. That was a very naughty wagon going the wrong way down my lane. Which happens every now and then, and I shout at them. So they'll be driving past and they get, Oi! And then I quite often make them reverse back up the lane, because I'm that kind of a human. I'm a bit of a stickler for rules. Right, let's go with that again. I don't even know where I was. What's my name? Who am I?